In this week's pod, I'll meet Pride of Britain winner San- and Sands United patron Robert Allen and Nine for Nora and Lads and Dads charity founder Ross Conium. We discuss all things men's mental health, fears, depression, baby loss and overcoming severe anxiety and adversity. We also talk a bit about football as well, which is quite interesting. This is the most honest and hard-hitting podcast to date and one that you simply do not want to miss out on. I learned a lot from my time with these two and they're truly an absolute inspiration to thousands and thousands of people in their network. If you struggle with your mental health or struggle to deal with things that life and business throw at you, then you simply must tune in to this episode. So without further ado, this is the next episode of The Silent Entrepreneur by me, Aaron Curtin. Well, cheers, boys, for uh, for coming on the pod. Thanks for having us. Welcome. Um, I'm going to get started by asking the first question. So what we're going to do is we've got a load of questions here, random stuff, some of the stuff related to the topic we're talking about, some of the stuff's going to be live stuff. Um, I think some of the listeners will be interested in you guys' opinions yeah, and a bit of a chat and a discussion <laughs> yeah. about it. So um, I'm going to go with the first one. Okay. So first question is, who will win the Prem this season? So, who will win the Prem this season? As a, as a United fan, I'm going to opt out of answering this question completely. Not, you're not included <laughs> anymore. No. Opening, I'm a Watford fan. I can, I can say whatever I like. We won't win the division next season. So it's fine. No, you never know. No, we've got no chance. We've no? got no chance. Run the area will be sat by Christmas. Do you think? I said it already. Yeah. You might be in the next Leicester. No chance. You need money for that. No chance. 2022. We need money for that. <laughs> we, haven't got, we haven't got the players. And, like, we just... So anyway, talk about the top of the list. We're only talking about <laughs> top, top of the league. So I, I can't see. Come on, Alex. What do you reckon? You're a Liverpool fan. Come on, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm confident Liverpool can do a good job, but Chelsea are looking good. Mm. Chelsea are yeah. looking good. Assistant, I think. They're worrying. They're out of it. I didn't realise. I went to watch United Liverpool at Old Trafford. Okay. I just When you watch it on telly, you don't quite grasp the quality. Yeah. But when you see it in real life... You were quite close, weren't you, as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was treated when I got tickets off Lingard, which were yeah. in a good spot. But just watching Liverpool, compared to Man United, who were supposed to be a top team. Yeah. You know, they've been notorious over the years being a top team. Yeah. They're so far behind. Like, the way Liverpool move, the players all know what's happening before yeah. it happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, the golfing like class... Isn't it? Yeah. It's so different. And United look like a Sunday league team. Trying to defend against the, you know, like the the power of Liverpool. It just, yeah. it was, I don't know, it was unfair. It was like someone needed throwing a towel at one point. I, I watched yeah. it. It's a bit like it's like a team. It's a team, isn't it? Liverpool are a team. Yeah. Man U aren't a team. No. Man U are individuals. Yeah. And I don't think there's not good enough individuals either. But a team, a, like a, a proper team, would take you places. Like West Ham haven't got superstars, but this season they're unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we said it. Leicester. Yeah. 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 Leicester. Yeah, Leicester. <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen very often. Consistently, you know, some teams have really good starts and then they peel yeah. off. But you know, I think I think Liverpool will definitely be up there. City can never count them out. Chelsea City, as City well. Are just, it's strange because you, you just 
they're synonymous of being up there all the time mm. and consistent every week. And they've had a rocky start. I don't know what they lost three already. Yeah, well, I think they get away with it because of the last few seasons. People just they don't pay too much attention to the week by week because yeah. they know by the end of the season they'll They're be there thereabouts. Yeah. Whereas I just don't think anyone outside them three is going to no. rock really a decent challenge. Yeah. yeah. I said before at the start of the season just because I thought it'd be, it'd be their year again, and they've got that. But they have to keep everyone fit. Liverpool. Well, I think we're going into this weekend with like four, yeah. three or four fresh well, injuries. Coming up as well, me so. Like Watford have got five players going to that. I don't know how. Oh, yeah. I don't know how <laughs> and what team they play for. But we yeah. have. So Where well, are Watford in the league now? Is that a bad question Seven. to ask? No, we're, we're <laughs> not in a relegation zone. Um, but I expect us to be in there by the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Where are you now? 7 16, 7 8. Really? But, but I'll ask. You're not breaking on a good January, though. Yeah, but we've got to get to January. Like, our next three games are Man City, Man U, Leicester. And we've just played, and then Chelsea, and we've just played Arsenal, <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah. And it's like, we just can't compete with those teams. I like, think Manchester City could get, well, it could be like San Marino. <laughs> Mate, do you know what? That, that game, San Marino game, was just... It's ridiculous, isn't it? Just, it's not it's football. It's boring, isn't it? Yeah. It's point, I didn't watch it, it was just pointless. 10-0, just, just, yeah. it just seemed quite... I mean, look, don't get me wrong, you still got to put it in the net, haven't you? But it's... But it's not a competition. What are they learning from that to take into the World Cup? You're not no. benefiting from that at all. No. Like, having a team like that play against you, it's, it's pointless. It's like when they play the friendlies against all these other no-mark, yeah. no-name teams. And it's like... And then you've got the, the interview after, and it was like um, someone was interviewing Harry Kane about him coming close to or just going past Lineker's record. And you're like, come on, like... You shouldn't be playing that game. I mean, no. You know, but you've got to think... interesting to see how many, how many of his... Not singling them out, how many of his goals, mm. how many of his 48 or 49 were against that Decent type of opposition yeah. versus other, other people... That are up there yeah, like Lineker yeah. and different It's like someone, so I read something the other day, I think it was on Facebook, about um, Messi overtaking Pele on international goals or total goals in their career yeah. scored or something like that. And then someone else had commented that it's not the same game. Like, you look at the absolute yeah. carpet Messi gets to play yeah. on and then you look back at the oh, games mate, that yeah. Pele used to play in. It was like playing at Calfield. Right, they're like... Ten times worse yeah. than that there. With still toe-cap boots and a, and a pig football. Like, yeah. it's not the same game. Like, you yeah. can't compare players like that. Because yeah. if Pele played now, they'd probably score four times the amount of goals he ever scored. Yeah. Because of the conditions we've got. So, it's uncomparable like that. And I, I just don't see how, like... I don't, think, I don't see how they can keep it competitively that, you know, Harry Kane's passed Lineker or... You know, because it's not the same it's just game. numbers at the yeah. end of the day, isn't it? You can't compare. It's the same no. thing, like, going out of the board, but same as boxes, isn't it? You can't compare Fury and Tyson. Mm. As in yeah, Mike Tyson, because they're different eras. Yeah. You can say you think you'd win, but you can't compare 50 years ago to now. It's impossible. The, rule, the rules of the game have changed so much now. Like you, you, I used to watch uh, like old clips of George Best. Yeah. People would try to tackle him at the knee. Yeah, yeah. And it weren't even oh, a, yeah. it weren't even a foul. Yeah. Let alone a booking. Yeah. And Gaza, now Gaza you, was the same. Like, yeah. Just like incredible you, talent. Like, you yeah. can't even sneeze on people now without you know. So it's, it is a completely different game. It's not comparable. But I think that's the one thing that I've changed is I think that the physicality is mm. different. I quite like to see that. I used to love. Do you know what I mean? I quite like to see United Arsenal. Keane in the middle, yeah. like with Keen the air, like, just having it. Having yeah. it. It's part of the game. Yeah. It's like, right, Rossi, do you want to? Do you want to go next one? Lucky dip. <laughs> lucky dip. <laughs> what we got? Might not be lucky. No, probably not really lucky. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. But anyway, what's your biggest fear? Biggest fear. You got our answer this first. Oh, I got to go far. Yeah. Right <laughs> that. What's my biggest fear? <clears throat> that's tough. Depends what you're looking at. Everything. Everything. No mm. old bard. I think. Fear of disappointing my family, I think. It's a big one, especially now I've got 
children. Mm-hmm. And like, I think with the four children, you sort of think, oh, you just got me life, it's easy, you don't worry about them. Yeah. Getting older as well. Parents, obviously, getting older. Uh, they're in their sort of late 70s and you worry about them. And I think it's a fear of the change of when you your family as well. So like, me disappointing my family would be not being there enough for them. And I think when you're younger... What's that time? Yeah, and I think when you're younger, you, you don't appreciate how much, when they're not going to be it. So yeah. like my dad now is getting older. Yeah, he's still fairly fit and yeah. healthy. I've been very fortunate to work with my dad, work for my dad and with him now, um, play golf with him. He used to come and watch me play football. So I've had a lot of time with my dad and my mum. But you know, you think, I didn't spend enough time. So I think that is a fear that I haven't done enough. I know I probably have, and it's probably me overthinking it. But yeah. I think you want to, you want to make sure, you want them to, and I'm sure they're proud of me and what I've done. But I think spending time, the fear of not doing enough for them, I think is a big fear of mine. Um, so I think that's something I'm going to push now. Like I say, now I've got kids and I'm older, I'd like to think that my little ones are going to look after me and yeah. want to be around me. And I think, yeah, spending time with your family. How old are your uh, parents? So my dad will be 77, mum's 75, so I'm 40 next year, mum's 75, so we've got quite, and my brother's 50, funny enough, we've got three big birthdays yeah. next year. Um, and I think it's only been the last sort of five years that I've sort of really, because I've always stood, my dad's been my mate. Like yeah. We played golf, mm-hmm. we played snooker, and now he can't do those things as much. He's been like, oh, what do I do with my dad? And yeah. We've never been a particular massive talking family, so I don't, we, we're not a hugging family, I don't say, we don't hug when we say goodbye, which is now I find really weird because, my in-laws and my wife's family are complete opposite. Very much, yeah. We're complete chalk and cheese. It's like, yeah, they, I, the first thing I do to my wife's mum is go and hug her when she comes around and see it. My mum is a bit more like, oh, do I do that? <laughs> yeah. we, do, we do sort of now. Go and your dad and be like, but they've never done it. Yeah, but they've never done it. Yeah. Like, my mum would never come, come and hug me and stuff, and I don't remember sitting down doing schoolwork with my parents, whereas now it's like, I, would, I can't wait for my, I don't really want to have to do schoolwork, so it's going to be a nightmare, yeah. isn't it? But I'm looking forward to being able to do that with really my children. Right. I don't think that era they used to do it as much. So, so you think disappointing families? The yeah, I think you should, I think you want to make sure you do the best for your family. I think I, I looking back, I wish I did more when I'm younger, but now I know I'm doing more, and hopefully, I think the fear of them, yeah, because you don't because we don't speak to each other. I think because it's my family, I know we don't we're not a big, 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 big family. We've got a fair sized family, but we're not talking we don't talk to each other about yeah. much. So. I want that to be something that I grow, so I'm not, I'm not fearful. So for why my do you think that is? Do you, is that just the way it's always been? Do you think, yeah. do you think that? Do you see that changing? Is that something you would change, or what do you think? I would. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I, I want to make I kiss and hug my son every every time I can and stuff. I'm not yeah. saying it's my mum and dad's fault. It's just yeah. maybe the way they they they, they weren't. And I say they're in the seventies. It's a completely mm. different different era. era yeah, like, different generation. Completely, completely. My, like my dad doesn't cook. Like my <laughs> mum doesn't cook in. Like now, if I didn't cook, I wouldn't eat. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love it, I'd love it if I said to my dad, um, he's approaching eighty as well. If I said to my dad, cook, he yeah. wouldn't have a clue. No. It'd be toast. Would be the max. Yeah. 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 And even that would be. Look, I'm struggling. What's that? What can I put on it? Yeah. Because that's just historically, it's not been his role. No, it's not. Like no. My, my dad's 84, exactly the same. My mum used to cook his dinner, she used to make his breakfast, she used yeah. to do his lunch for work, like she would iron his clothes. He literally yeah. went to work, that was his job. Yeah, yeah. You well, go to work, was, yeah, you earn the money. All the, everything at home, the dad went, the, the husband went to work, and that was it. Mm. And I, yeah, if I said that, if I asked, if I asked, Naomi, well, if, she, if I asked Naomi to cook, she would cook. Yeah. But I don't because we do it between us. Yeah. One of the, there's certain things I do a lot more than she does, and there's definitely a lot more. Yeah, well, that's do, probably but. one area where I really struggle with. To be fair, is I'm not because of work and stuff like that. I'm not around that much to cook. I normally, you know, Charlotte has to do quite a lot of it as well as juggle the kids, and it's like that's 
one thing I wish I could be around more for is that aspect of it. But yeah, it's it's tough. It is, uh, but you're the same. Yeah, concoctions that you might cook. Well, I don't mind cooking. I quite like it. Again, my my dad was no, you know, you catch him in the kitchen now. Yeah. Because my mum, the the age difference between them, I think it's eighteen years between them two. So my dad's in his eighties. My mum's still in her sixties. She's still got a decent social network. You know, she still goes and see her friends. She's got a moped that she's out, you know, bombing along on. Yeah, in her sixties, which is mad. Um, whereas my dad, on the on the flip side to that, you know, he had to give his license up a little while back because he's got cataracts in both eyes and he's got various different health issues that he's developed from stopping work. When he was at work, he was he was all right, he's fairly fit. He used to be a lorry driver for Corona back in the day, the old glass bottles, and then towards kind of the end of it, he was um, he was a security guard okay. for Marriott Hotel. So he used to have to do. They had like a I think the car park was like a two mile walk. So we had to go and do um, like a lap every now and again to just to check the car park out and all that kind of stuff. Now he can't even make it to the end of the street yeah. because of the years of smoking and, and poor health and all that kind of stuff. And now he's stopped and sat down. He can't then, he can't do it anymore. So he, he doesn't really go out of the house, can't really go anywhere, got no car to go and do anything in. So yeah. he struggles from that aspect, whereas my mum's out quite a lot. So he, he has to cook now. If yeah. you don't cook, you don't eat. But there's been times that I've popped in on him, and I kid you not, like, I walked in the kitchen, I could smell burning plastic. And I'm like, Just left something on the stove or something. What's going on here? And he's put something in the grill, the pan, the whole pan, yeah. with the handle, the whole thing's gone in oh, the yeah. oven. Yeah. He shut the oven door and walked off. And I'm like, yeah. are you cooking? He's like, no. I was like, you so are. Something in there, yeah. And I've pulled the tray out, and the handle's melted to the tray, yeah. the food's black, like, and he's completely forgot to put it in there. And I'm like, I said to my mum, I said, you need to keep an eye on him, like, cause if you're not about, and I hadn't popped in, yeah. 20 minutes later, the, the kitchen's on fire or whatever, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, so what would be your biggest fear then? Um, it used to be, um, up until kind of four years ago, I suppose, my, one, the thing that used to keep me awake at night was the fear of dying. Really? Yeah, and and the the what ifs, the what's next, the how can you go from this to that, and it really used to bug me um, to the point I can't lay, like my missus can go, go to bed, head on the pillow, two minutes later she'll sleep. Yeah. Don't know, I have no idea how she does it. So she's got a switch next to her ear or something, and I can't do it. If I lay there, I don't see, no, I will lay there for hours and hours, and that will be the, the reoccurring thought that spins. What, and spins. Are you, what are you? What specifically are you thinking about? Just like the what's. The what after, you know, what, you know. What happens after? Yeah. Um, is there anything? Is there, you know, and then I remember a conversation me and a friend of mine had years ago, when, back when we were in our teenage years, and uh, the, the conversation had come up, and he said, what do you remember before you were born? And, you, and you're like, well, nothing. There was nothing. Yeah. And he was like, what do you think's going to happen after? And you're like, and I just, I, like, it boggles my brain to comprehend that, like, now, in the living, in the now, yeah, you can pretty much do what you want. You've got a consciousness, you've got thoughts and feelings about all these different things and then that just switches up. Like, what, what happens to all that? And it really used to bother me, um, like I say, up until about four years ago until when we lost Neve. And now I kind of, I'm not bothered because whatever whatever happens after, she's already there. Okay. She's already waiting there. So whatever it is, if it's something or nothing... We're, we're in it together in that kind of respect yeah, so that yeah. doesn't really bother me too much now do you think that gives you comfort and yeah sort of pacifies yeah because you know like I've been lucky enough that I haven't lost many members of family yeah. regularly you know a few when I was a kid grandparents and stuff 
but nothing really in my adult years, if you like, to a degree. Um, so it's it's always been one of those kind of things that not has been kept from you, but you I just haven't had much experience yeah. of, which I think it bothers me more because it's not you know it's not something not anybody right likes to think normal, about, yeah. but. Um, but yeah, now I just it doesn't really. I'm not bothered. You know? See, my my fear is similar to that. It's not necessarily about death, but it's about the potential that tomorrow could be the last day. Mm-hmm. And not 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 for me because if I'm if I'm brown bread, you don't know. Yeah, I'm done. Like you just said there, before you were born, you can't think of anything, yeah. and after you, you're not going to feel or think anything either. But just what the potential that you could be going through your days working, doing this and doing that, and trying to prioritise to do your best for your family, for yourself, for your inner circle, and just that tomorrow could be. You don't know when that's, that's up. That time's yeah. coming. You don't know when that time's going to be, and it's yeah. how your loved ones is going to, how that, whatever potentially, and this is all mm. potential, mm. Yeah. we're talking about it, how that potential event might affect them for the next 50 years yeah. or 60, 70 years. Do you know what I mean? That's my kind of, I would say, biggest Well, I think the human nature is you always want more time. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter when that time comes. <clears throat> you will always sit there, lay there, whatever, thinking, oh, I wish I could have done, wish I could have done. I just think it's that and now it's I regret as well. Like, yeah. well. If I get to that situation, if that situation is, touch wood, it's not, but if that situation is next week or next year or in 50 years' yeah. time, I'm, I'm scared of sitting there laying there and thinking... I wish I could have done yeah. that, or I wish I'd have yeah. been better at this, or I regret that. I think I think that was the case a lot for me, and and it's something that again I've I've tried to change my mindset of now is that I was always worried about the the same. You get lost in life. Yeah, you know, you're always worried about have you got enough money? Are you doing enough? You know, working enough? Are you earning enough? Are you got enough money in the bank to do whatever it is that you yeah. think you're going to be able to do, and and all that kind of stuff. Like again, and and kind of. Going through that experience of losing Eve, and and I know you know kind of reference back to it quite a lot, but it was a massive turning point to the thing that you like. Is all that shit really important? Yeah. Is it really kind of, you know, the day to day stuff that you get yourself torn up in and spins your brain about you know work and family time and all the and money in the bank and none of it's relevant. Yeah. Like, realistically, the only thing I want now is that whenever that time comes and whenever I'm not here. I just want people to have good memories of me being here. Yeah. Not that I was always working to make sure I had money in the bank because money in the bank, I can't do anything with it. And yeah, yeah, it's nice to leave things for your family and stuff. But once the money's spent, it's spent. Yeah. You can't buy memories. Yeah. Like I would much rather have no money and loads of memories yeah. of of you know taking the kids to the park and playing football and swinging from trees and and all the kind of silly stuff that sticks with people and and I think will help the kids process or help your friends and family process you not being around is the memories they've got of you. Yeah. You know, if they've got little memories, no memories or bad memories, the fact that you were never around for the kids' birthdays because you were at work and, you know, you didn't have time to take them to the park and you couldn't do this, couldn't do that, what are they, you know, they're going to grow up with that memory and you can't yeah. do anything to change that. My, my memory of, of my dad, and um, this isn't a negative, but just, it's just, well, even though we're talking now, we've mm-hmm. come after work, we're sitting here yeah. going into the night or whatever. <laughs> but like, if I think about my, I used to come home from school. My dad come in, head on the table. He's a builder, been building since he was a young age, um, and just it'd be out on site doing digging holes, building stuff. He's a carpenter and just doing whatever he's, at, he's, he's told to do. And he'd be absolutely physically and mentally drained mm. and knackered. And he'd come in covered in shit, covered in mud, covered in blood from whatever he'd yeah. his head on that day or whatever. He did that. I a remember few, those days, yeah, a few yeah. of them actually. 
He fell for a he fell for a ceiling, caught himself <laughs> like that, and he's just like blood everywhere here and whatever. And I just remember coming in and just the one thing I really remember from my youth wasn't my dad playing football with me in the mm-hmm. garden like he does with my son now, which is what it's so nice to see. Yeah. It's like a role reverse and he comes to watch us up here yeah. and whatever and yeah. whatever. And, and, I had the and, pleasure of talking to him anyway, yeah. Mate, I, it's I, 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 as people play for different reasons yeah. and part of the reason why I play again, because I haven't played like you know mm-hmm. when I joined for since I was fifteen, is because I wanted him to see me play. Yeah. There was a realisation that shit, he ain't getting a, he ain't getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And I knew yeah. and I know he used to really enjoy he does enjoy watching Freddie play. Yeah. And he referenced and said, I wish you and Jamie still played. And I know my brother's not gonna play because mm-hmm. he does different things and whatever. But that's the re- one of the reasons why why I want to play. And just going home and seeing it coming home from school and seeing him just passed out on the thing. Empty plate of food there, yeah. head down, and it wouldn't come up till eight, nine at night, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then everyone's going to bed. And it's like, that's all I remember. Mm-hmm. Well, not all I remember, but it's a lot of what I remember from my youth going through school is just, and I think that's where I get my drive to work hard, is just from that example. It's a yeah. consistent example every day, no matter mm-hmm. what the weather, no matter what was going on, because he, exactly he must have had stuff going on in his life, yeah. you know, family, money, because they were, you know, my mum and dad are not well off. You know, still not well off. There's no, you know, well, he, knows, he knew that sitting in that chair weren't any minute, which weren't. Yeah, you know, he was up, up at six in the morning yeah. and just going out, and he'd be gone before I'm up. Just, and I remember just coming home and, and mm. seeing him just knackered. Mm. I think that goes back to what we said about the different generation, doesn't it? Because yeah. like my dad, I, I remember great times. My dad I also remember he was never there at weekends because he played football. Yeah. He then refereed. <laughs> yeah. He was then an assessor, so he's like done all that. He was like high end football yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. <clears throat> so you've got him not there at the weekend but I still remember him watching you play football and stuff mm. so still make the time but now I want to, I want all my time to watch you only play football yeah. I want to be out on the weekend so that's why I don't play as football as much now because mm. oh yeah, I've got to drive a bit further than everyone else but <laughs> that's not really an excuse it's not an excuse it's my boy but when you, when you were talking earlier about your kind of relationship with your dad it's completely polar opposite I'm very much kind of very similar to, to as in a way that my dad used to work nights, yeah. so he was sleeping when I was awake and yeah. I was asleep when he was awake. Oh, and yeah. we were like past, he would literally be coming in from work and I'd be going out. Yeah. Um, and that's just how it was. I don't think he watched me play football till I was 31. Really? Yeah, my mum used to come every yeah, week. Yeah. When I, I remember, we, uh, I think we were 13, 14, kids team we used to play for. Um, it was um, kids versus parents one week, <laughs> just as yeah. a laugh. My dear's like out on the pitch. Step up, yeah, yeah. Step up. and I'm, I'm, I'm standing there going, "Mum, what are you doing? Like, That's where you get is, it, then, is it? This is yeah. not your game, you know." But she was just game to get stuck in, and oh, I don't know whether that was because she was a bit younger and a bit more able, or whether it was just because that work kept that you well, know circumstances t- tucked away. It's, it's, like, my, like I say, my dad refereed, so I was fortunate I played. So he mm. refereed a lot of the times in the same pitch I was born, the same field yeah. I was playing, so we could have a little over. But I mean, I don't. I'm change something slightly I don't remember my childhood particularly mm. I don't remember anything before I was sort of 12 I, I saw the moments like going yeah, to school yeah, same, time, yeah. meeting my mates who I'm still friends with now for the first ever time when I was like 8 years old but you ask me what my teachers were and what I did and what I can't no, no idea I can't either I can't no. remember what I had for dinner last week but it's not because I had a bad childhood I had a really mm, good childhood yeah. I, I enjoyed school and stuff and, but you just don't remember that sort of yeah, stuff. Well, I mean, my, my dad had me at 50, so, like, you're limited. By the time I'm yeah. 8, 10, 12, whatever, yeah. he's in his 60s. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it, whereas my mum's was still a lot younger, you know, so she was a lot more able. But I just, yeah, and it, and now I do regret it. I do, like, 
like I say, my, my dad's got various different kind of health problems and stuff, and we haven't got loads in common because he his kind of outlook and view on the world is is quite old fashioned in a way. Um, but you know, he hasn't really rolled with the times and, and kind of got up to date with, you know. Like, like I try and do, you try and do with yeah. younger kids, you try and stay as cool yeah, as you can yeah, for as long yeah. as possible, you know. Fail. Um, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Fail. We all fail, but yeah. we, we try. <laughs> but, yeah, so I just, like, we haven't got a massive mass loads in common. He's a Liverpool fan as well, and I'm really, probably why I went for United in the first place. <laughs> yeah. um, just, you know, just to... But, yeah, so it is really difficult. But now, I find it... I want to go around more, and I want to spend more time with him, because he's probably got hundreds of stories I've never heard yeah. you know and and when that you know yeah, when he's, when he's not around anymore yeah regret, like, exactly yeah. Yeah. Sophie, Sophie's nan's 95 and um, just what, a couple of years ago she her Christmas present to her nan was basically she, her nan used to write memoirs when she was younger mm. and basically a diary for yeah. years and years and years like depicting her life from young age up to when she was growing up you know through conflicts and trials and tribulations mm. in her life moot she'd been in god knows how many countries um and just she rewrote that for her packaged it all together yeah. we did it we sort of she did the most of it we did it together like trying to read her writing which was yeah. all like this and Chicken trying scratch. to type it up and stuff and just i learned more from reading those yeah. pages like it's ridiculous and then like every time i see her i'll i'll take away something from the conversation mm. like she'll talk about so as my nan used to talk about old times and all this stuff and you think back and I think I'm quite jealous of not living in those times yeah Christ it was simple yeah people were happier yeah there weren't anything like social media and stuff which obviously is positive in certain ways but I think when we're talking about mental health and men in particular I don't really think social media yeah. massively does anyone any favours because all you see is a show a show reel a highlight of people's lives and it's it's never depicting what the what the honesty is yeah. you know I, I mean? worry now about my kids growing up and like my lad's nine and he's already got this fandangled impression of that he's going to make it on YouTube or yeah, TikTok yeah. or whatever yeah. and I just I, I don't know when I was at school yes we had phones and we had some degree of social media stuff like that but no one was really making money out of it. It was more yeah. of a way to stay connected. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was Which for. Which is what it should be, really. Like shouldn't it? Should be. Yeah. But there was still a drive to learn. There was still a drive to want to achieve and get a good job and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And now kids are just like up the wall in it and just going, oh, no, I'm going to grab a phone and make it on. <laughs> and I keep trying to explain to him, like, all these people that he watches, whoever it is, I'm not going to name names just in case. Yeah. Um, but, like, I said to him, you know, YouTube was never a thing 15 years ago and in 15 years will it still be a thing maybe yeah. maybe not yeah but like i said to him if if the internet shut down tomorrow these people that are making money out of social media yeah. they they're not qualified to do anything yeah yeah what are they going to do like and i keep trying to instill in him this idea that yes you might be able to make money doing that but you need a plan yeah. you know yeah. you need a backup plan yeah. just in case because if, if that turns off tomorrow, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, so I'm trying to keep him engaged in so, his so learning and, and school. So because six, she's just turned 16, so she's like looking at her options now, leaving school, mm -hmm. and do I go for an apprenticeship? And it's just... Mindful. I wanted to, I just, I thought when I was, when I was, when Faith was a bit younger, I thought, you know what, I want to, I want her to, you know, the dream, I want her to go full education, mm. do this, that, and whatever. And last couple of years, I've been quite like, you know, if you don't want to go uni, don't go uni. You know, it's just going to be a waste of time. And I, I, I just, I've, I've kept quite 
the opposite of what I thought I would be going yeah. through this phase of her life <clears throat> and me trying to support her is I've just tried to be a bit more relaxed and I just wanted to go out and experience yeah. stuff mm. just keep it simple Live experience life, yeah. stuff just go to work meet some people see if it's for you and just see what happens because if I look back to when I was 16 I didn't know what I wanted no, to do I don't, think, I don't think I knew what I really really wanted to do until I was about 25 and at 25 mm. I thought I don't want to work for anybody. I don't know what it is, but I want to work for myself. Yeah. And I want to try my best to do it for myself. And, and I didn't know that until I was 25. She's stressing herself out thinking, what's next? Mm. All my friends know. And I said, they don't know. No. They're talking shit. Mm. They do not know what they want to do. And that, that, that for me, is another fear thing. Like, the opposite to your family and your parents is your children. Like, it's petrified what the world's going to be like mm. in 10 years' time. Yeah. But like, I think what you were saying about you didn't know, now you do. I still don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah. 40 years old. Yeah. I work with my family because I chose to leave a job that I could have built a career in yeah. to go and work with my family. Yeah. Maybe, yes, it's a, not, not because it's an easy life. I still work bloody hard. Yeah. But I can leave early to come to this today and do this for a good, good reason. Mm. I can go home an it's hour and pick yeah. my boy up. If I was at my old job, you're in at nine, you're out at five, mm. that's it. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do that. And I think it took, it, it took really, the, and I think you sound like we need that, that moment when you change, your fear changed about dying mm. something happens in your life doesn't it just does it and I think for me in a similar situation like I lost my nephew when he was 10 six years ago and that was when I was at that job and then I was saying like, I, don't give, I don't give a shit yeah. I'm yeah. Having a, someone's trying to claim expense for buying a cup of coffee and I'm saying they can't and they're getting help me I'm like I don't give a fuck yeah, yeah. it's all quid yeah. we just lost a 10 year old child yeah. you can do one like, and then it just got it's that perspective point. change isn't it, it, and, it does. And, and even more so after, after losing Nora like, you're like now I want to, everything I do I'm not worried about don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's selfish. I don't give a crap about a career and how much mm. money I earn. If I stay in the same job as I am now, doing the same thing, it does me. Because I can see my child as much as I want, I can play with yeah. him as much as I want. And I think going back to my, like the older people, the older generation, my dads, they couldn't do that. Yeah. They, they were fighting for every penny, weren't they? Yeah. And we are yeah, now, don't get me wrong, because people are now. But I think the fear of what they're going to. What's good? What, like you say, is YouTube going to be there in 15 years' time? Hopefully not. No. <laughs> because yeah. I get rid of social media tomorrow. Yeah. If, go back to just having like friends reunited I'm done I'm trying to speak to the people I want to speak to yeah. the amount of people I speak to on social media from my personal life that I don't have any connection with like, why, yeah. why am I doing it mm. but then on the flip side of that when you lose someone close like a friend or whatever you then think oh, I should stay in contact with everyone because yeah. you never know so I think I flip I think the bit of the social media is it's, it's the fakeness around yeah. stuff and, the, and, the, and I don't think it helps people Going through troubles, you get a distorted version of reality. It's just like, well, they're they're all they're doing is, um, you know, they're talking about this and that and an holiday here and a car there and and whatever. And it's like actually, you don't understand the reality Mm. of it because behind all that could be something that's someone that's really really struggling Mm. or whatever. And most of the time, as you can see from your people, you you know, some of the most famous people that have committed suicide and whatever. And like, what is it? Eighty percent, eighty-one percent of Suicide in the UK's men. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Like people like, um, you know, the comedian. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams. Like, you look at him and think, he's the happiest guy going. And he's living the dream, you know. He's, yeah. he's, on, he's in films and he's yeah. earning yeah. money. And yeah. yeah, and then when you think about what's important, stuff. you think yeah. about money, fame, you know, a career yeah. and all this, and you think, well, actually, that did nothing for him. Mm. Probably, it, probably the opposite. And most people you talk to in that lifestyle of, you know, celeb or famouses or whatever, they hate it. Because the, you never get any peace. Every Did time you get into any conversations the other week? I spoke to... Any of that no, but a little while ago, I, I, went, I got invited to a, the FA Christmas dinner, and I spoke to Tammy Abraham for a little while, and he said the same thing. Like, he was, and he was basically talking to me from the point of view that 
a lot of people judge him on an hour and a half of football, yeah. twice a week. They don't care what happens in his life before, during, after. They only care about what they see on the pitch. And if that, if he underperforms, they hammer him for it. Yeah. And if he's lucky enough to be in form, they'll love him for a little while. But the minute he goes out of form, it switches again. Yeah. And it's 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 got to be such a lonely life. That's got to mess yeah. with you, yeah. isn't it? That really has. Well, I don't know why anyone want to be famous. Well, no. I don't, yeah, it must be such a lonely life. You can't, you, can't you can't get comfort from 50 You can't even just walk around the block. It might make your life a bit easier in the perspective of you're not worrying about money, but then... There's other worries that probably no, that we don't even know because mm. we ain't got 50 grand a week. <laughs> but there's other worries that will come into play, like you said there. Is like then the one thing that I can jump on board with what you said there in terms of, I mean, I'm you know, I'm not a football player and I ain't got 50 grand a week. But running your own business is lonely. Mm. Yeah. It is lonely because you burden everything mm-hmm. and you can't switch off. It's 24/7. Yeah. It's money. It's people. It's reputation. It's I haven't done that or I need to go and do this or I need to think about this and it's like. Whether you're running your own business and you've got a van and it's one man in a van, mm-hmm. you're worrying about how can I put food on the table and pay myself next week for me and my family, or whether it's running a business of 100 people in it and thinking I've got a huge responsibility to take everything forward on my shoulders, mm-hmm. that's lonely. I can imagine being famous and having a load of money and like Robin went, I can imagine him feeling lonely and having such low places where he doesn't talk and can't communicate with anyone. for most people like that, you don't, you have no idea if people are around you because they actually genuinely like you and they're, they're interested in you no, as a person. It must be such a mindfuck. Or whether they're they just spending the money. Stuff like that, yeah. You know, they're just hanging around with you because they want a handout or yeah. are they actually a friend? Can I actually confide in this person yeah. and talk about things that I've got rattling around yeah. in my head? And this is why... That's what human beings want. Yeah. They want that interaction. Personal connection. Genuine. And, and this is why you, we, a lot of high-profile people end up taking their own life because they've got nobody to trust. They can't talk about that thing that bothers them, whatever it is, whether it's they're feeling depressed or anxious or they've got to worry about this, worry about that. Who do you trust with that? Like, Because you're looking around and going... decision could be... Yeah, you know, if I tell this guy he's going to go spread it all over the paper, I'm done. I'd hate that. that. You're watching every single minute of your life. And even your family, you know, to a degree will will turn on you, you... Probably it's not. not turn, it's it's probably not jealousy. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I, I know Eminem's probably not the best character to yeah. reference, but, you know, there was a lot of his family that would sue him because yeah. they knew he had the money and they knew that he would rather pay him than, you know, go whole hog or whatever. Um, but you just like, even when you, you know, you see family turns on you, you can't trust the people around you, whether they're actually genuinely friends or not. And then you're just kind of stuck on your own with all this money and people point cameras. When you think about the stuff that you, you, we all said about what, we'd, what mm. we value the most mm. yeah. and what we don't want to lose, it's all the stuff that we just said that about then. It's no, you know, nobody mentioned cash no. or status or anything yeah. like that. It was all about you know family and inner circle and time, mm. which you can't get back. But yeah, I just, I, just I, I would, I would, I spoke, I spoke to, as I say, I spoke to Tammy, and, and he said, you know, when he's got stuff going on, it's, it's hard for him to be able to get it out because again, he's, he's limited on the people he can trust, he's limited on the people he can talk to because, he doesn't want his private life, his public life, you know, spread everywhere. You know. They've been watched, aren't they? Yeah. He's still, he's still, a, he's still a bloke, isn't he? He's still a bloke. Like, yeah. he, he needs to talk the same as we all need to talk. Yeah. Like, but they, I think at the time I was talking to him, it was just not long after an England friendly or a competitive match where they had to pull the team off for racism. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. one of them had started shouting stuff at him, and I said to him, "How do you deal with that?" Because like, man on the street, 
you you know you'd be sweet you'd be you'd swinging right, windmills yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know but he, he can't even do that he can't even vent can't his frustration that like that he's yeah. just, he got again hold that in keep that in can't yeah. talk about that can't deal with that you know you yeah. can't let that emotion out because people are watching you're a role model you've got kids looking up to you you know you can't go you, you can't, can't do anything it's all lose lose yeah, yeah. Uh, you know so I wouldn't I would hate to be in their shoes from that point of view you know I think any any kind of high profile person must struggle they've got there's no way that any of them are living a hunky-dory life but yeah. I just don't I don't know how they get it out and sometimes they don't and you've got you know again like uh, Chester Lincoln Park you know he, he didn't couldn't handle it Kurt Cobain you know there's lots of you know people high profile that do you think if these people had just a don't make to it. confide in someone that they knew it mm. weren't going to go out everywhere do you think that these people would still be here some of them I don't. The problem is, I think that the conversation was not happening back then. Yeah. You know, when I when I referenced kind of Kurt Cobain and yeah. and that that mental health wasn't yeah. a conversation yeah. people were having. You know, well, it's a weakness, wasn't it? It's a bloke. Yeah. A bloke talking about his feelings. And that, and you know, a lot of a lot of them would turn to drugs because that's an easy way to that's switch you, off. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. George Best went to alcohol. Gaza went to alcohol. You know, it's it's all pressures <laughs> of life, and they're thinking. That's what they're taught is their way out. Yeah. You don't talk about it, you deal with yeah. it. And when you can't deal with it... Well, you look at Gazza as an example. That yeah. We said about that funny <clears> persona <throat> and then behind quite a troubled person. I, I, something came up on Facebook the other day and it was... Um, I, think it was I don't know whether Facebook was listening to me. I was talking about <laughs> Newcastle and then yeah. it came up with a Gazza clip when Ginola yeah. started for Newcastle in his first training session. Gazza rolls that rocks out of the, um, out of the changing rooms in a wig. And obviously Ginola's got... <laughs> Big rocks and he's everyone's wetting herself and he's running next to Janola doing this, yeah. doing this and beyond, beyond the scenes. You know he can have that hour training session, probably go home and be lonely mm. as hell. Yeah, sat his own door. But no, everyone will think I oh, was just a character. He'll be mm. alright. Maybe he ain't. To a degree, probably was a character. Yeah. A lot of the time you saw him out on TV or someone yeah. put a camera in his face. He's was, cheeky, chappy yeah, Gaza. Lit up, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but when that camera's off and he's on his own, probably a completely different completely person. Different. You know, yeah. where he hasn't got that persona to live up to he's not on the stage when life com- comes back yeah. to him when yeah. he when he switches off from all the extras you when, know? Reality, when reality happens yeah. when cameras are not there what, yeah. what's well that's like, the scary yeah. thing you, you get isn't it when, when, you, when someone has committed suicide high profile whatever mm. then when their phone account so he's, he's always spoke to me about it but he just wouldn't feel comfortable talking to someone else it's like yeah. I think for me personally and I don't say for you but now I I've got no problem about talking about my mental health at yeah. all. I talk, the more people I talk to, the better. Yeah. The more I can speak to, like, we've only met you, we've only met you like six or seven times playing yeah. football. I'm quite happy to talk to you about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But imagine that being a, someone signing for Liverpool tomorrow. Who does he go to? Like, and if, you're not going to go to another player, are you? Just, yeah. Not because they're going to out you in public, but just do you, who do you feel comfortable talking no, to? No, but I remember, yeah. I remember Crouchy, I can't remember what programme it was on, but I remember Peter Crouch was talking about um, exactly that. And he used to have a lot of issues, I think, with. A lot of people used to bully him. They used to take the mick out of him because of the way he looked and yeah. his, his stature and his build yeah, and whatever. Yeah, different than he in terms um, of. But he, he, I remember him saying one time that if he had an issue, uh, like a mental health issue, yeah. you know, he was getting burdened by this pressure and people calling it, you know, saying things to him. He said that if he went and talked to his manager about it, he'd be benched. He'd be put yeah. with the under twenty ones. And he, you know, so he didn't, you know, it just wasn't, uh, I can't do that. I can't go and talk to my manager. I can't go. And they put you off. Do I talk to anyone? Yeah. Some manager, I think it was, was it uh, Clough? Brian Clough. Everyone talks about it. You could go to him and talk about anything. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure if you went, I'm not, you could be joking here or something. You'd probably go to him. Yeah. Get on with it and go. Yeah. 
but yeah. you just don't you just don't know, do you? Mm. Like, I didn't know until six months after losing Nora that I could speak to anyone. Yeah. yeah. Only took seeing the same thing online, messaging you, mm. and I was like, Oh, I can talk to someone. Oh, there's ten people that I can talk to. Now I've got fifty people in the group that I've set up that I can talk to. Right. And they it's just none of them knew they had someone to talk to. So yeah. being at a high profile and literally I just, um, I just like the, the, like you were saying. I don't mind talking about it. I could talk about it till the cows come home, and this podcast will probably roll into three, four hours if if we let it, <laughs> yeah. you know. But the the thing I find the most important is that if people have got to that stage where it's life and death, mm. and that's where mm. they're at, and they, and and they haven't had a conversation, then. I do it to show that you can actually yeah. talk about it. And if that conversation might be the difference, yeah. like that bravery of seeing somebody else, whether it's you or me or Aaron or someone on telly or mm. whatever, I don't care who you, who you see, yeah. but I want you to see people talking about it to know that it's an option. I don't want, yeah. you know, we lose too many good people because they don't think they can even talk about it. Like, why? Why can't you talk yeah. about it? You know, I, I've said lots of times to lots of different people that, you know, they all think that men have to be tough and strong and, and this and that and the other. And I, I, I say to all of them, I think it's it takes a, a tougher, stronger person to yeah. show you vulnerability yeah. than it does to lock it all away from someone. It's yeah. easy to hide, yeah. you know, like behind a character, behind yeah. a persona. You could be cheeky Robert football and, yeah. and whatever, and that's all people will ever see. Yeah. And they'll go, oh, no, Rob's all right. I saw him at training. He's sound. Yeah. He's cracking yeah. jokes, yada, yada. You know, I'm... People that walk in here and go, you know what, lads, like, can we leave that for a minute? Like, I need to have a chat with someone. Yeah. I've got some yeah. stuff I need to offload. Yeah. That's a conversation I want to have. Yeah. You know, I'm not bothered about the, the so banter you, you side. Don't, you don't know whether that conversation is, you know, like we were saying about fear mm. and my fear of when does it end. Mm. You don't know. And I might sound extra, but you don't know whether that conversation is, is going to make that difference at that level. Yeah. Or maybe part of the way through that process or whether it turns somebody's head to make them feel better so they go home and they're a better partner or a better yeah. family member or a better and father or whatever. We've had, we've had players over the last three years just in this team so again I would imagine it's the same for the others but yeah. I've had lads say to me that this team's been the difference between them being there and not being there. So just, just to jump in on that just um, just give a bit of context for people that don't know so do you want to just tell us about Sands and about what were, what you started so Sons United. So Sons is a charity was started four years ago. It's for for families and friends who have been affected by child loss either before, during, or or shortly after birth. So they they I say they cover the the officially they support anybody from the minute you find out you're pregnant until up to 28 days after a child's been born, and and if they pass away in that period, that's kind of their uh, remit, if you yeah. like. And not long after me and Charlotte lost Neve in 2017, somebody, my old manager, Alan, actually put a charity football game in front of me as a way to give back to, to me to try and get me involved again because I stopped kind of playing football, stopped socialising. Um, so he came up with this idea about doing a charity football game and that was his version of trying to do something. And I think fair play to him because there's a lot of people I found experience that didn't know what to say, what to do, didn't do anything, didn't ring, didn't call, didn't text, nothing. Um, so the fact that he you know, came up with this idea um, was testament to him really and then it gave me an idea of trying to 
put a team of dads together from the groups. So sons were in different groups in different parts of the country. Area to area, it's all different, but primarily it's a, a couples group, a dads group, and then a, what they call a rainbow group. So a rainbow is what the term given to somebody that's expecting a baby after you've lost one. And in different areas, like Ross lives in Watford, he's got no groups in Watford, yeah. so he's we're the closest for him to come to. Um, but throughout the country, they've got 106 groups across the country, and and yeah, so the, we start. I found these kind of 15 dads, big borrowed and steeled at different groups and stuff like that, and, and put the guys together, and then we floated a, an idea of a Sunday league team, and we're now three years on and 35 teams later across the country, and. And primarily it was set up just for the guys, um, just for dads. And But then throughout the process and the more you talk to people, the more you learn and the more that you kind of expand on the original idea. You know, it's not just dads that are affected. Yes, primarily and, and probably the the most deeply affected is the dads, obviously, because it's, it's their flesh and blood that, that this event's happened to. But, you know, like, you've got family. Ross has got family, I've got family. There's no way I could turn around and say my brothers weren't affected by yeah, it, my yeah. dad wasn't affected by it, my you know, my family, cousins, whole, my best friend. Whole family network. Yeah, you know, we we only had twelve people that ever met Neve physically and, and held her and most of them were family, but there was some very, very close friends of ours and there's no way you could say they weren't affected by it. Yeah. You know, so the football team then expanded from dads to other people that had been involved with child loss and and it it is, you know, the football is the catalyst to get people off the sofa. It's the carrot that we dangle in front of them to to attract men to it. Because I think if you said, oh, we're doing a support group and we're going to have a kickabout after, you'd probably still be the three of us sat here now. Yeah. Um, you know, support groups aren't things that people give a lot of time to, men especially. You know, mentally, I don't think we you look have a at bit it. Of a stigma. Absolutely, it's, it's yeah. It's like ten people sitting around and it's your like turn this. And have a yeah, chat, you know. and you know, it's like my name's Rob. I've lost a baby. It's not, but <clears> because well, I can go in on that because I, I, I never went to one because I, no, I didn't want to do that. Mm. And I know it's not like that. But even still, now I, 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 I wouldn't comfortable sitting in a group of ten people yeah. no. in a circle. But as soon, like you said, as soon as I saw on, on Facebook, that was the football team. I love them. Play football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me go and see what it is, and yeah, you need. There was nothing else. That was it. That's the only thing I found. No, yeah. Times. And although although Sands have tried to provide lots of different avenues and mm-hmm. and over the years they've expanded on their different avenues and they, they you know, they've got like online communities. They've got an app you can go on yeah. whether you've lost a baby or not. You can download an app and it will give you kind of uh, little insights and questions you can ask people. So from uh, so from your point of view, for example, you haven't lost a child yourself. Yeah. But if you downloaded the app, there would be questions that you would be able to ask somebody that has, whether yeah. it's a close family member, and just engage in a conversation. Yeah. People, I think people are quite fearful of the conversation. Absolutely. They don't want to put their foot in it. We, well, we went through a process and did, um, we signed everyone in the business up to basically uh, bereavement training, mm-hmm. I suppose, or um, something like that, which Sam's provided. Yeah. And um, we had, you know, it was different questions that we needed to answer and just suggestions of what to do. And really the kind of, point around all of it was not to ignore it mm-hmm. and that actually you know the, the the person or people going through that probably do want to talk about it absolutely i mean you've got you've got children yeah ross has got you know other, other children after Nora. i've got other kids as a parent your proudest achievement is your kids yeah yeah the minute they're born they're the best thing in the world yeah 
and all you want to do is talk about them. Yeah. And just because you can't see one of mine doesn't mean I don't want to talk about her. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't mean I want to talk about her any less. Yeah. But I think because you can't see her and because people are afraid of that, yeah. um, that kind of, how do I approach this? I how think do I even in this day and age now, like there's, you know, how many, even now I think people that maybe don't have that insight, there's millions of people mm. that would still feel like that. They don't yeah. think I'm not. Them. They'd rather show. It's a bit like getting yeah. into a lift. <laughs> no one likes getting into a lift because it's awkward. Yeah. Well, you're making it awkward by not saying anything. Yeah. If yeah. you get into a lift and you're like, "Morning, how are you? Yeah. Having a good day?" and then you get a bit of conversation, there's no awkwardness. And that's what I think we we try and show people like the what the outlook I wanted people to have from the football team looking in at the football team yeah. is that yes, we've been through something horrible. There's no denying that. There's no shying away from it. And if you want to talk about it, well, I'll quite happily talk about it. But what I want you to see from the football is a positivity. Yeah. A group of guys that are not letting what's happened to them define them. Yeah. And actually being able to enjoy their life representing their children, you know, because it's you know it's the worst conversation in the world, isn't it? We've we've spoke about briefly earlier, you know, our fears and 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 passing and. You know, I think nobody wants to talk about that. No yeah. one wants to talk about passing. No one wants to talk about death. Uh, the minute you couple that with children, it's the absolute worst yeah. conversation anybody wants to have, whether you've got kids or not. It's a lot of people say to you, "I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you, you know, I, I don't know how you're still standing or whatever. You know, I don't know, I don't know how strong. You know, how, how can you be so strong? And the reality is, you've got no choice. Yeah. It's like most things that are tough That's in the life. That you're dealt. Yeah, you you either let it buckle you, let it fold you in half and, and destroy you or you use it as a catalyst to push forward and and use it to, you know, really kind of try and do something about it and do something. So the thing that we want people to see from the football team is that, yes, you know, primarily it is a group of guys that are getting together, we're talking about things and whether child loss brought them here initially, it's not the be-all and end-all of the conversation because, you know, Ross might have a, a a tough week, you know, with work, or he might have had a, a row with the missus, yeah. or he might be struggling with money. Yeah, doesn't matter. It's all conversation that comes yeah. up in the changing room. And it? and mm-hmm. child loss isn't the the start and finish of the conversation either, because when you lose a child, that experience takes you into other places. Yeah. It takes you to depression. It takes you to anxiety. It takes you to, you know, thoughts and feelings you never even thought you would have. Um, so it's not just we sit around talking about our kids, you know, we don't. We, we talk about life yeah. and things that happen daily and, and the fact that, you know, whether it was a week ago or 10 years ago, it's all relevant. It's all part of what makes you now. Yeah. And that never goes away. The pressures of life never go away. Yeah. Everyone's always got something going on. Um, mental health is something that we've all got. And whether you like to believe it or not it's not always sunshine and rainbows you know and I think if you if you've got a network you can lean on when times are hard then that's surely that's a good thing Mm. Um, and you should be comfortable to have that conversation you know and we don't put any pressure on anyone coming to the team to tell us what the story is or, or how they found us or why they're even here it's something that we hopefully create uh, the right environment that naturally, naturally it will come yeah, out yeah. but if it doesn't come out that's absolutely fine as well just come play football we know that you're here for something yeah. and if you're getting the benefit from just kicking a ball around then that's absolutely fine if that's become the, the, the part of your week that you look forward to the pick me up yeah. 
um, that you can come and switch off from all the other stuff that's going on, then fine, just come and do that, come and have a kick around. But, yeah, we try and keep it positive. We try and show people that there is uh, life after loss, I suppose you could call it, you know, that, that you know, I've had a lot of people, and myself included, the first time I was having a laugh with somebody after losing Eve, you know, I, I kind of, afterwards, I was like, I feel quite bad for that. Guilt. Yeah, but that I'm enjoying myself, that I'm laughing, that I'm smiling. Life is that, going on. Yeah. Guilty, yeah. You know, that, I don't know, somehow that experience should make me feel a certain way, and um, it doesn't have to. You know, we still represent our kids. We don't shy away. We still talk about them all. We still show them on our shirts. We, we talk about them when we need to talk about them, when we want to talk about them. Yeah. But it's not... It doesn't become a, an all-consuming thing, which is at the beginning. It's a bit it like is control, isn't it? You're 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 controlling. You're you're having the strength to control how you want to mm. deal with that particular situation and when you want to. We've got the ability to do that, and yeah. I think that before the football, um, and, and Ross will probably know better. Before he found Sands United, a lot of the tough stuff you have to deal with yourself. Yeah, keep it yourself. You don't think there's anyone else out there that's. You can talk to. You know people out there have been through it. Mm. But even, even then, you don't really. You don't know. Where are they? Yeah. I've got so yeah. many. My friends have had miscarriages I've never known about. They've yeah, never yeah. talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them because they just don't want to talk. They just don't feel like. Yeah. I suppose it's not something that naturally comes up in a conversation just, when um, you're just meeting friends at a do or whatever. Do you know what I mean? No, but no, after losing Nor, we had a miscarriage earlier this year and I was straight away telling people. Not because I want them to feel sorry for me, mm-hmm. because I want them to know you can do it. Like, and I've got friends that have said to me, I don't want to talk about it. Like it's, it's, yeah. it we've got three children now, and they don't... Again, everyone looks at it differently, don't they? Like, it always hurts me when someone says to me, well, I don't want to talk about it, because it was only a miscarriage. Mm. Well, no, that's still your... Like, that's still a child. Yeah. I don't care how far you are. If you're a week, yeah. two, ten, two weeks, three weeks, 30 weeks, it's still a child. But yeah, you, if, you don't, if you don't know... It's the way they... they have dealt with that the way they've processed it yeah and, and it's not right or wrong no like my, it's my, their choice one of my best friends like they've lost they've lost two in between their three mm-hmm. they've, they've had lost had lost right had. And, he, and he said we just don't think about losses because mm. but that's not wrong like that's their choice and they lost early really early on mm. so every loss is different and like I think you said it goes to your the loss is the biggest hurt mm-hmm. then your mental health just takes a massive whack because of that and then I found it six months that I found Sand United just because my auntie sent me a message. Have you seen this football team? Yeah. <laughs> then it just popped up on Facebook, funny enough, the next day. Phone's listening. Yeah. Message, well, I just messaged the club, didn't know. Yeah. Comes back a day later, start talking, and within, what, two months, I turn up training for the first time. I'm like one of the guys and just felt comfortable. That was yeah. it, and that's all it took. Before that, I hadn't spoken to anyone at all. But even that, you say, you say that's all it took. You're having to jump in a car. In Watford, yeah, and drive an hour and God knows what. Well, the point is, I was I the, the first, so I was chatting to you for a bit. Mm. <clears throat> then you let, added me to the WhatsApp group, so I was chatting, meeting these people I never never met. Then I actually the, the, and going back a bit, I've always suffered with anxiety my whole life. Like doing something like this four years ago, you would have no chance. <laughs> I would have said, yeah. "No, I'm not. I can't do that." But I was made yeah. up an excuse. I'm not doing that. But you get threatened. You uh, since losing Nora again. Everything changed. I'm like, well, I don't give a shit anymore. What, yeah. think, what I'm going to yeah. say, um, and you do it. So I, I remember I came down to London. You were playing the um, Arsenal fan team, yeah, yeah. and I drove down there, and you knew I was coming. Got there, I was so like, I was literally in the car. Got out of the car, watched the game, didn't say hello to anyone. I just felt like I didn't, I didn't know what, if I could. 
when I'm when I'm. Oh, well, remember? Yeah. Went, Did you come and sit in the old one's holding Because I just felt so nervous about thinking, well, I can't just turn up and say I'm Ross. But then I felt yeah. really bad because he didn't tell me he was coming or didn't tell me he was there. Yeah. I, he said, oh, I might pop down. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I said to a couple of the other guys, I said, the, well, there's a guy called Ross, might pop along yeah. to watch. Didn't know him, didn't, yeah. you know, kind of never seen him in person, so never really kind of had a, a firm face to put to it. But then afterwards, I was like, I feel really annoyed with myself <laughs> yeah. that I didn't make him feel welcome. You know, go and find him yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. In, and pull him in. Because it is hard, you know, yeah. to get jump in a car from whether you live in Watford or Kingsport, you come into a... a Group and established team, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's a, a new group of people. Yeah, exactly. that, 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 that was the yeah. I remember it vividly. That was, I think it was like the first week in November <clears throat> when I came down, so I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, and then I said, because I was going away for seven to Canada, mm-hmm. and then I watched the Pride of Sport when you were on that from yeah. Canada, like yeah. three o'clock and whatever it was, and I said, well, I'm definitely going to come training first of January. Got here, and it was like I'd knew, known everyone. Mm. Like, yeah. I, I mean, there was uh, names Nick, and that was it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, just taking a piss out of me or whatever, like straight away. And it was like, oh, it's not just about, I'm not expecting me to come in and sit there and be like, mm. because it's not. And that's what's changed it. And that's what led, <clears throat> partly for me, of starting up my own group, which is completely different to Zan's United. Talk to us about the story with, uh, with Nile for Nora. Yeah, so after we lost Nora, so, so going back before that, we lost my nephew, Kira, as I mentioned earlier, uh, when he was 10. And we'd always fundraise for him because he was poorly... We had to get him a wheelchair and stuff like that because he couldn't get through chest and stuff. So we'd always fundraise, and after he passed away, I found myself doing some challenges because I find I need to keep, I think like most men do, have to keep your mind busy. And I'm, yeah, so, I'm still saying exactly right this minute now. If I stop for a minute, I'm like, Rob said, I can't sleep. I'm laying, I'm going to do that anyway. But So I got to, after Kieran, we, I did some fundraising, raised some money, and then when we lost Nora, obviously it was a sudden thing that happened. We didn't know it was going to happen. Not straight away, it took me sort of four or five months, I was like, I just need to do something. So, and again, because I had no one to talk to, I literally had no one. My family, I said earlier, we don't talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> my dad doesn't cry, like my dad doesn't cry, he doesn't show emotion. He, he is a little bit now, because he's lost he's lost two grandchildren as well, yeah. so it's difficult for him, but we don't talk about that sort of thing. So I had, yes, my brother's my boss, We run he runs our business I work for, he's my best, even my best man. I went and I could talk to him, but even still, and he'd been through the loss of Kieran, so it's like, it, that helped, but I still didn't have friends or anyone that felt, Comfortable. I've still got friends now, I've never mentioned Nora's name, because yeah. I don't feel comfortable doing it. And I don't particularly just bring it up for the sake of bringing it up, but I don't feel bad about bringing it up. But yeah, so I just said to myself, I'm going to set myself some challenges, because I need to keep my mind occupied, keep myself busy, keep a bit fit, because that, that's the first six months, I was like, oh, thank you, I'm just going to eat crap, mm. drink crap, not talk to anyone, stay in bed, not even go to work, for, I didn't go to work for two months, because I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. So it took that sort of kick for the football team to start it, and then... I was like, well, I'm going to. I signed up for the marathon. Done a London marathon before for Kieran. So I'll do that. And I was like, well, let's try and build this. Like, I now I know I can talk to people, but I've had no one to talk to. Let's see if we can find people to talk to. So I set up nine challenges. Thought nine for Nora had a ring to. We had a conversation about what to call it and mm. can we progress it a bit further. So I set up the nine for Nora, and it was basically me being very selfish, really, just to build. It was for me. It wasn't for anyone else at that point. It was just for me to keep occupied, keep my mind busy. Um, but it, then I was thinking, well, I'm not the only one who's on this journey. Like, yes, I've just started it. but So I invited people to join in the challenges, basically. I set up nine challenges from the London Marathon to... What else I didn't know? Come <laughs> on. River... You're going to get me in here. Come on. Did the three peak challenge, did the three mountains in 24 hours. I was going to say skydive, but that was the one before. Um, bike ride London to Brighton. 
I did a hundred uh, kilometer r river road I'd never rode before, but I got friends and family involved so they could yeah. join in. Um, and the idea was really, a, primarily to get me, my mind going because I need to keep my mind occupied because as soon as you stop, you'll know, right? even in business you'll yeah. know, you might, you stop thinking about something and suddenly you're like, oh shit, I've got to do that, I've got to do that, I've got to do that, oh, I feel like shit. Mm -hmm. So it was just for me and then I was very fortunate, so I set up like the campaign, started doing like hoodies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then I was very fortunate when I went to an FA Cup game watching Watford. Um, <laughs> Win a game. Go on to Watford. Come on, eight, two <laughs> nil. And it was a great day. So we walked, walked two nil down, <laughs> half time, win three two. Like, like, drunk as a fart by the end of it. Unbeknownst to me, Jay Comfrey from BT was doing like the presentation that day. Spotted my hoodie and going back to what you said in a few of the podcasts, like the good side of social media. He tweeted about it. He just took the time out, saw it on my thing. Obviously, he's got children, saw it, tweeted about it. And it went viral, basically. So How much was one before you went? So, my, my tar so we set a target of raising three grand. Yeah. I think I had two and a half that night, before that night. The next morning I woke up, because I sort of tried to ignore it that night, because I was like, I'm drunk. I don't want to go on Twitter and be yeah. a twat and be like, oh, yeah. 33 grand in the morning. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I'm like, what the fuck is this? But it wasn't... Did you know he'd done that at that point? So I or did you see the numbers and thought, what? So my phone was going off. When, when we got back from the Wembley and went to like a bar in Watford, I, my phone was going off. I was like, I'm just going to ignore it. But it was going off a lot. And it was obviously donations coming into the oh, okay, page. Yeah. But I didn't look at it. And my friend texted me and said, you know you've gone viral. Literally, she put, I mean, you know you've gone viral. I was like, what are you on about? So I had a quick look and I was like, I'm putting that away. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not looking at my phone. I turned my phone off, had a drink, went home, went to bed. That was it. So I was like, I, I know I'm lying when I'm drunk. You'd be like, yeah. Oh, Jay, yeah. I did and you sort of sober up a bit as well because you think, well, this is real. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we, I woke up next morning, the fundraiser got, I had a message on the thing saying, if someone knows this person can you, from Jake saying, can you get him in touch, blah, blah, blah. And then it just, just spiralled, basically. So I was on that, so that was on the sat Sunday, Tuesday morning, me and my wife were on Sky News Live while wow. doing this, this interview. I was like, and that, that was a, another turning point for me because... I was thrown into this thing where like you're going to be live on TV in mm. five minutes time I'm like, and, yeah, I was actually, there, yeah. and I'm sat like, no we were sat like this it was me Naomi and the, the, the uh, interviewer and we were just talking like general and then he was like and then you, all you heard was five and I literally went like that <laughs> and I was like like a naughty school oh, kid what, and Naomi was really good like she's a lot more confident than I am like talking and stuff so, and we were um, and we were actually pregnant again then because it was with, her, with, her, with Ernie mm. this, yeah. was, this was like so obviously we, we lost Nora in the May 2018 and this was in March 2019. So obviously we started the challenge and stuff and I think I had a challenge that weekend. But yeah, we just talked and then we it just felt, we were talking about it like live on TV about Nora, about this, and I felt comfortable doing it. Yeah. Like six months ago, I was like literally curled up in bed. How did it feel to be able to talk about that? Obviously you probably at the time not knowing that there's an audience, but did it feel like a bit of a re was, relief or? I don't know if it was a relief. I think it was just, I think... It, well, actually, yeah, as you say that, like when I was going back to saying my friends didn't know what to talk about, yeah. if they saw that, they didn't think, oh, is that, he's talking about this to yeah. probably three million people on TV or yeah. whatever stupid thing. So they probably then, it might change their perspective, which would have been good for me. Did you get a lot of people reaching out so, to you about it? So this was a, the, the, big, the biggest thing that came from it wasn't, the, to be honest, the money is great. Yeah. The money has helped so many more families mm. now. And we, we've gone from, well, I think we're on 70,000 over the, obviously carried it on. Yeah. But, the amount of messages I didn't go find me saying, I'm so glad I've found someone mm. doing this. It's the same as like the football. Like, I didn't think I could talk like that. Um, I'm glad you've done this. Keep doing what you're doing. Blah, blah. And it's just, yeah, it spurred me. Obviously. I would always keep doing it. I want to live the legacy of Nora and keep it going. Um, 
But so the, the, just those comments, I was thinking, well, why should I just keep it to me doing challenges? Why can't I get more people? What happens to these people that like me that had no one to talk to? Um, and I bumped into someone at the train station on the way to a different TV interview, and she saw my hoodie, and she wrote, she said, you were on the telly, weren't you? I was like, this, this is fucking surreal. So I've got some woman in Houston station tapping me on the shoulder, yeah. like, taking a photo. I'm like, yeah, this is just... The realisation is why, why they're, do, they're not doing that yeah. to have seen you on the telly. They've done that because of what they've seen on the telly. Yeah. So, and I thought, and she was like, yeah, we lost. And, she, and then she opened up to me, like, yes, there's a woman, so she's more likely to do that, and her husband wasn't there. But she was like, yes, me, uh, we lost a child two years ago. My husband's never really spoke about it. Um, and I was like, where, where are you from? Just got a conversation and stuff. And it just transpired. I was like, there's so many people out there that are like that and probably just don't know what to do and do other things. So, and obviously at that time I was with Sam, so I knew just the WhatsApp group helps. Yeah. Admittedly. So I thought, well, why don't I just set up a group? Like, start, I've got that social attention now because luckily, Jake's got, what, a million you viewers. So I've, gone, it, yeah. I've, gone, yeah. I've gone from 92 followers to 500 overnight just yeah. people, not because it's me just because I so I set up yeah. a separate page in Ivan or I got my social media going is that when you started the lads and dads network yeah so that starts so the plan was to, so basically I got to the point where I was like why can't we get these guys and try and get more guys involved being able to talk about anything so primarily I set this group and it was like there was me there was a couple from Sands people mm-hmm. joined it from Sands um, there was two of my friends that had lost children and stuff and then another guy lived near to me who found Sands United but yeah. he was too far away from the come so we thought right so the, and we were talking about setting up talk to but it, we did. We weren't. No one was in that sort of uh, mindset. So we just started advertising. Put flyers out around the local area. Got social media tweets. Tagged in Jake and a few other celebrities that mm. like, followed it and stuff. And yeah, it just grew. And then I did a few dads got. So I set up this WhatsApp group. Long story short, thought how can I get a ring to it? Um, so dads and lads network sort of came along from that. And originally I set up the group WhatsApp group. We had eight guys in it. Just started talking about when we lost, what had happened. And it just gradually, friends of them would come on, then you get a few emails come through the website. And I think now today, so this started in 2020, January, obviously COVID hit. The idea was to meet up once every six weeks, have a beer. Only been able to do that once. That was right at the start. And yeah, so now it's just, we literally, for me, it was big because I didn't want to go to these Sands groups in a a circle of people talking about my problem. Mm-hmm. I would have gone if my wife wanted me to. She wasn't that bothered either. We had counselling individually. So I thought, I, I can hide behind a WhatsApp. <laughs> I'm not worried. It doesn't bother me saying it. Oh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather speak to someone on a text than I would phone them. Yeah. i just that sort of person. Yeah. I just get nervous on phones and stuff. That, the anxiety that comes out and stuff. <laughs> but, and I think a lot of dads are the same. Like, yes, we've got the guys in football will come and talk, but some like, won't talk. Not, mm-hmm. not because they don't want to, because some, some want to, but can't. Some don't want to. That's all. So I've... I set up like a, a, a group welcome message to say, look, you can be as free as you want. Say whatever you like. If you don't want to talk, I've got guys who've been in the group for two years now. I've never said anything. Yeah. Well, I know they're in there reading the message. Like I can see yeah. them. But it's also for me, it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel good that I'm helping those others. Yeah. I'm not in that group every day. I don't read every message. We've now got, so I say we started in 2020 now, a year and a half down the line, we've got 56 guys in the group from all over the country. Well, I said, over, one in Turkey, we've got, then we've got, uh, Pete's in Wales, he's in the group. Yeah. We've got one guy in Northern Ireland's in the group. Just randomly found found it through the website or found searching mental health. And that's the big thing is that if you type Sands United into it now, it will come up team for dads, won't it? Mm-hmm. Or if you search, and if you search Dad Learn Network, you won't get me straight away, but you'll get, eventually you'll see it on the search. And it's just trying to keep that, and then you'll know in business, social awareness is now you've got to use the social media. That's what it's there for. Like, I don't use social media to follow anyone. I don't look at Instagram or Twitter and follow anyone. I just look at 
the feeds of basically we're in a baby lost world on social media. Mm-hmm. So it's a bubble. And this yeah, it is a bubble and it's it's not a not a good thing. No one wants to be we're in a group and no one wants to be in. Yeah. But you we would say like so many people put their holiday photos and oh they've got this best life. Mm. Everything I see on it is a dead baby. Yeah. Pictures of dead babies. And stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't bother me net to the stars. I couldn't do it. Mm. But now I'm like, this that's the world I'm in. Mm. And there's so many in it. And the, the, the WhatsApp group, we just literally, we talk about, we can be talking about football one day and then suddenly it'll be like, oh, I've had a really shit day today. And we we have guys now that will join. We've had one today, joined, literally joined email me today. He said, I probably won't talk for a bit, but my mate's said about it. Can I be in it? Said it, said it about, put the blob out, trying. We're not qualified. It's just a bunch of dads that have lost children. That's it. And eventually we want to try and get that so we can meet up whenever we can mm. um, but it's just I think there, there is nothing out there like that for me we didn't have a sand we didn't have a sand group anyway even if no. I wanted to go we didn't have one local and I wasn't going to drive up to Northampton to meet people I'm never going to see because mm. I think for me if you're going to like it's a bit like having a child like you meet the parents group and then you yeah. stay friends with them don't you yeah. like, that's what you need to do in baby loss and I was never going to do that driving an hour and a half away yes we've done that through football but I still have to get up there every, mm. I have to do it and I don't get to play because I've got more children but there needs to be more groups, and there are groups out there, but you don't hear about them. It's just having, I, th- I think, I find like the lads on the team, and obviously with what you've got, I think what's needed is the access. Yes. You know, like I was saying earlier, sons have got lots of different avenues and stuff like that, and the football was just another avenue. It, do- it doesn't suit everybody, yeah. and not everybody will come and play for the team, but it's another avenue, it's another option, you know, from. The online to the app to the on uh, yeah. the texting the phone numbers like lots of different charities they've all pretty much got the same kind of thing going on yeah. it's online community telephone number text message that's what every charity does yeah. whether it's Samaritans mine yeah. Sands whatever and I just think like the reason that the football took off was because it was new yeah. and it was something that nobody had done before There's, as far as I was aware I don't think that there was ever a, a charity football team set up. The, the players that play for it belong to the charity they're playing for yeah. if that makes sense yeah. you know there's a lot of people that will run marathons for cancer yeah, because it yeah. affected somebody in their family but what we're doing is it started off as dads playing for a baby loss charity yeah. you know and, and I think because it was new and it wasn't something anybody had ever seen before it was like we got a lot of support and, and like Ross was saying we live in a in a in a baby loss bubble, in a baby loss community, whereby anyone that sees anything positive, you know, whether it's the dads and lads or knife and or, or whether it's the Sands United, people will naturally support that in that community yeah. because every woman has probably sat there at some point and thought, my husband's struggling, my, my boyfriend, whatever, he's struggling, but I can't force him. I don't want to yeah. force him, but there's just nothing for him. Yeah. So when they see things like this and, and what Ross is doing and what Ross continues to do and what we try and do and networks growing and stuff like that, it's, that's new. He, you know, I can, he might get involved with that. Yeah. And it's just about how many different avenues we can give yeah. people yeah. to... It's the entrance into it. Yeah. Because I've, I said this to one of the guys who found my... So I've got my flyers in quite a lot of hospitals now. They put them in bereavement rooms, so they see it. And the first thing it says on it is, and it's not, it doesn't matter if it's me or anyway, it says, oh, I'm Ross, I lost my child this day. We've got this WhatsApp. That's basically all it says. Mm-hmm. So they know straight away they're going to speak to me 
yeah. straight away because that's my phone number on there. Yeah. Whereas when we left the hospital at Watford, we were given a pack from Sands, which was mm-hmm. great. I didn't read it. No. Because I was like, well, that's loads. I'm not going to read for all that. At that point, your head's yeah. all over the place. Yeah. But this one, one specific guy literally said, I just picked up your flight. I didn't look at anything else. I just saw that, saw your phone number and a, a man's name, went, I'm in texting. Mm. And that's what he did. And now he's in the group and he chats and stuff. And that's like a day after he just lost his child. Whereas it took me six months to find yeah. that. I think when you, look, when you look at that, like between the two of you, um, indirectly or directly, probably supported, you know, especially with the football teams growing, there's like what now, 30 so, plus in yeah, the UK? Yeah. You know, you think there's tens of thousands of people that have been supported by stuff a... that both of you you guys have kind of done. Not not like you said at the start, not to want to get anything out of it, just to kind mm. of make it acceptable in, in, in life in 2021 mm. for men to just talk about to stuff that they, they find difficult. Yeah, and I, I mean, for my side, I then sort of stretched it a little bit we don't we also got a whatsapp group just for men who've got mental health issues yeah so that one's a bit more harder because well, it's not because you it's still not professional we tell people that they're enjoying but you could have people in that who have literally on the edge of suicide you mm. don't know so yeah we have to be a bit careful with that one and that's where my plan for nine for nora going forward because i'm not going to do challenges very long because the old body's well, going to i don't think your feet bit. are going to last i've got <laughs> pictures, pictures of skin hanging off your feet yeah. for the last two weeks i might, yeah. might have to give up on them but the idea is that it isn't about me the challenges is for me to keep me yeah occupied mind going, yeah mind occupied and yeah i like doing them it's nice to do them i don't know how you do it to be fair no, no i don't <laughs> i mean you couldn't get me in a gym for love nor money but say i've got to walk 100 miles tomorrow i can't do it yeah just, it's just why I, I've always been like that, I guess. And I think, you, but then like, anyone who does challenges, they do it for a reason, don't they? Mm. Yeah. More and stuff. And if you're not like, I've got friends, I'll never run a marathon, whatever happens, and they won't, they never will and stuff. But my idea is to grow it and eventually, we've got a guy in the, in the dads and dads group, at the baby loss group now, that is trained, he's a, a life coach. So he can, he's now offered his services for free to the guys in the group. So they can meet right. him on the phone or whatever. So that's, I want to get to a point where we've got someone, a bit like Sands, where you can, mm-hmm. Not, I don't, and I don't want to turn it into like we're going to have this guy come in here tonight and talk to us. Yeah. But it'd be, oh, if you want, he's there if, if he's a professional. If you want to phone, Aaron's a professional. You want to phone him, phone him, and he'll talk to you. But to be probably. F- that's mm. really, really like that's important to have because although I think a lot of guys for what you do and what we do get a massive benefit out of the non-professional, the raw dad to dad, lad yeah. to lad, whatever it is, you know, the honest chat. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, no fluff, no, you know, textbook, no, nothing. You know, we've had lads join the team in the past, and the, the guys on the team, all of them are all really good. And if any of, any one of them's having an issue, we'll all try and tackle it. Or you know, you know, it's the same with any kind of decent sized group. You'll get clicks of these guys have got more in common than these, so they, you know, they they'll be closer. These will be closer. These will be closer. Um, but we've had we've had some guys really struggle, and you know, three, four, five, six guys in the team have tried something different and no result. And I've had to make a phone call before to I, I rang the woman that runs the the Suns group in Northampton um, to get her advice on it and, and just be like, you know, I think I'm at my limit. You know, as much as the lad to lad, dad to dad chat is great because of its rarity. Yeah. I think we're past that. I think where we're at now is this guy needs a professional. Yeah. Uh, but I've where do I point him? Yeah. You know, because it might not be pro- But if you're involved if you've had a lot of experience in in this world as mm. such, if you're feeling where can I point him, 
guy who's, yeah. who's, who's, who's just going through this and doesn't have a clue where to turn mm-hmm. with no real experience or connections to any anybody that are going through the same, where does he turn? You know, you, you can understand yeah. why why men will just buckle down, put their head between their legs yeah. and just, like well, you said, with, with yourself, you know, you didn't want to get up for yeah. months. Just ride it out and it, you just think you'll be all right in the end. Mm. Turn yeah. out there, but it doesn't. If you, you've got to have that outlet to talk to it. Do you know one thing that I've found from starting doing this podcast is that I've had more people reach out, like... I might do a topic one week. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some people reach out about a topic, but then actually, I, with the next few days that go, people reach out about loads of different stuff. And, about, and the reason why I wanted to do this with specifically you two is because I know for a fact okay, I'm not going to name the people out of respect for them because whenever people reach out to me, I want to keep mm-hmm. it confidential. I don't want to mention any names, but there are people that are listening to this now that are struggling mm-hmm. massively. And I can think of, I'm, I'm, I can think probably four or five people in my head named, people that I've had conversations with over the last mm-hmm. month or so, and it might not be baby loss, mm-hmm. it might be something else, or it might be a mixture of things, or it might be things that change over time. But there are people listening to this podcast that, you know, it might be the podcast, it might be a like or a share, it might be a comment, it might be a, a message in a WhatsApp group, a phone call, an email from somebody. That could be the catalyst of them changing their perception on their situation. Mm. And that's what people, I think, especially with social media, don't understand is an honest comment or a like from somebody or a share or a, a look or a, or, a, or a beer at the pub or playing for a football team or a comment back in a WhatsApp group from someone that you don't even know. You know, like you said in your WhatsApp group, there's tons of people that don't speak. Mm. But they're gaining something from yeah, that yeah, WhatsApp absolutely. group. It's acceptance. It's, it's the ability to understand, well, actually, if I need to, I know it's there. It's that comfort. It's that you, sometimes you gain the biggest strength from hearing other people go through certain mm-hmm. yeah. things. I think we, yeah, so yeah. I think we, uh, we had this conversation days ago and I was saying like, I don't feel like because you, you, when you don't have that much communication with your girls, like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough now mm, yeah. and like I think Rob's and a couple of others said but you don't know how many people have read this story more people like, more people will read the story than you think yeah. you know and, yeah. like, and, and they'll pass it on to someone else and there's yeah there'll be people that probably won't ever contact me but they know they can mm. or they've gone somewhere else well just think about like, the network so, of people that actually make contact with let's say you two specifically could be you know the people that you've influenced could be tens of thousands of people the people that actually contact you could be you could maybe count on it could be a yeah. couple of dozen yeah. but you yeah. don't know who you no. know like you said with your whatsapp group you've said with and we spoke about before come on around who's listening to the podcast and mm. demographics and people listening yeah. in different countries people that know about sams and the, the different teams that have now sprung up around the country just from seeing something yeah and, uh, and a lot of people said to me um recently um you know how do you feel about it? Do you feel proud? Yada yada, and, and like I do, but at the same time, I can't take credit for all of it. Yeah. Granted, okay, yes, the idea started here, but it still take it's still taken thirty five other managers to start yeah. thirty five other teams to go and, do it. Yeah. and deal with what I dealt with and what the other lads that started this first team dealt with the first year of the the issues when they come up and the lads that are struggling and, you know, the the dynamics of how the team will work and all that kind of stuff. So, but at the same time, I know there's 35 other teams out there and I know there's potentially 500 other plus men getting some kind of benefit from it or yeah. they wouldn't still be doing it week in, week out. I get all that. But because I, and probably a bit like Ross, because his group's so spread out, if you were to put them all in a hall and say these are the people that benefit from Sage United, and you can see it physically. Yeah. 
then you can you can grasp the the size of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I can't see it, all, yeah. you know, and I've been lucky, and I've met a lot of the guys and from a lot of the teams, um, and I, you know, I'd love to go and see them all. You know, that's one thing I really, you know, when I've stopped playing, that's probably one of the things I'm going to do is is spend my weekends traveling to different places. Yeah. Um, meeting these guys physically, you know, being able to shake their hand and actually have a conversation with them in person. But it's weird because you don't see the size, you can't see the the enormity of what of it, and and you you haven't heard the stories come from the people of why do they get out of bed on a Sunday morning and put their boots on to, yeah. to stand in the rain, you know? Yeah. What are they gaining from the team? What what has it? Uh, how has it benefited them? Like, what's the catalyst for them to still keep doing yeah. it? And what have they? What has being in this group led them to because like Ross Ross came to play for football initially and then went off and, and had his own kind of you know knife and or adventure that that led him into lots of different things it's like you know, it's just, we just want as many avenues as possible the, the last thing I want and, and one of the reasons I keep talking about it and going on about it and, and will share the story as many times as I can is because I think that if somebody hears it, somebody sees it, somebody reads it, and it gives them a different outlook, and it takes them from the you know staring at the bottom of the barrel to looking up at the at the light at the end of the tunnel, that's where I want people to be. I don't yeah. want you know I want people to kind of go well no like he's doing it, I can do it. You know he came up with a football idea, he came up with nine challenges idea. What's going to be my idea? Yeah. What's you know what can I do? And it's because that it's, can influence. Motivate people, yeah, and it's just motivating people to move forward. And yeah. I think you know, probably probably speaking out of turn, but I'll, I'll say it anyway because it's my opinion. But I think that I, I've known and I've met a lot of people who have never got past their experience, and their experience has had a, an adverse effect on their life, and it's kept them in one spot. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's beneficial for anybody. So yeah. if you it's a bit like being chained to a post, you know. If that, if you can't get away from it, or you can't put distance between it, yeah. then it's always going to be there. You yeah. know, it's like dragging it around with you all the time. And yeah, we never get away from it. I've had lads say to 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 me before, the football team's great because it gives me a positive to look forward to. But at the same time, because of the team and because of what it's about, I can never get away from my loss. Yeah. Because it's it's that constant reminder. You're here because you lost a child. But you're here, you know. But at the same time, we want to try and give you a positive experience. But it's yeah. that it always goes around in circles. Yeah. You're only here because of this, but we're trying to push you there, and yeah, yeah. and it will go round and round and round. But yeah, I just, I just, you know, I would love more avenues, whether it's football, whether it's challenges, whether it's someone starts a golf team or someone starts a running yeah. club. I don't, you know, I'd love there to be lots of different things for men to do because I don't think. Ours is a one-size-fits-all. No. Not everybody loves football. Yeah. Not everybody likes walking three peaks yeah, yeah. or or rowing down a river, you know, but everybody's got a thing that they love doing and if yeah. they can find a way of making that their thing that pushes them towards positivity and takes them away from the experience, whatever it is, then that's only a benefit, surely. Mm-hmm. And th- that will start its own conversations, you know, like Ross has had many conversations with many different people. I've had the... the the opportunity to have lots of different conversations with different people. If we can put more men in situations where they can have conversations, naturally they'll talk. Yeah. You know, we've had lads like Ross was saying with his group, people don't talk. But I know that when we come in a clubhouse after a game, we, we'll have three or four lads that don't talk about their experience, 
but they can still hear the ones that are talking yeah. about it. Yeah. And I think they gain as much from yeah. that, that knowing that, A, the conversation's happening, and if they're ready to join in that, then yeah. it's happening. Yeah. It's not a taboo. We're not doing it over in the corner. Yeah. We're sat like we are now. You know, It's open for anyone to join in uh, when we're in the clubhouse. But at the same time, they might just be sitting there thinking, do you know what he feels exactly how I feel? Or I thought exactly that same thing. Yeah. And he doesn't need to talk about it because he's... He's already gained something yeah, from he's getting, yeah. he, you know, He knows that he's not going mad. Because when you don't say it out loud, you, you, your mind can be a wonderful and dangerous thing. Yeah. And when you've got an issue, uh, whatever it is, and you leave it in here, your brain will create the worst case scenarios. Yeah. And it will take you to the worst places you would ever want to be. But then when you say it out loud, it gives you a chance to sanity check yourself. You know, because you, I could say something out loud, and the reaction of people hearing it tells me whether I'm going mad or not. Yeah. You know, whether it's a thought that's gone too far, and I should have talked about two weeks ago, or whether it's a rational thought. Um, But I think if you don't get that opportunity, if there's not enough opportunities to get it out, and it stays in, your brain will constantly create more and more disgusting scenarios or dangerous but scenarios. naturally as a human you are programmed I think and brought up also not because of parents and stuff just natural human instinct most of the time is to be negative <laughs> rather than <laughs> yeah, positive yeah. so and you, like you said your mind's powerful it can create and, and really when you think about it all, all, all it's doing is taking um, signals for your body mm-hmm. and creating whatever it wants to create at a time and mindset like you know you could say I could get up tomorrow and do 100 miles you know we all all of us look, you think bloody hell but, you, but I know you could because you're strong enough to do it but your mind's telling you that yeah. it's not your legs it's not your feet no. mm. your, your mind is definitely not my yeah, legs <laughs> your mind's pushing you to do it and I yeah. think that over and above some of the things we've spoken about I think people can take a lot from how your mind is set up yeah. you know well, using like, certain situations to not just spin a positive but actually to and I think what some of the things that are most sort of important about what you guys have done is you've taken your situation and made a choice to whether it's selfishly at the start or selfishly now or not, it has influenced other people in a positive way. And, you know, it's something that you guys should be tremendously proud of. Yeah, so I was going to add to what Robert's saying about the two people, like, in the same situation with different opinions. And you saying there, like, you have a guy sitting at one table and one listening, and the other guy talking, that one, the one who's not talking could be like, oh, I feel like it's not, I can't laugh, it's not right. Yeah. And then seeing that person do yeah, it, you go, yeah. oh, it is okay, like saying yeah. it is okay to be okay. But that's a switch in his mind that's changed forever. Just by seeing just that one seeing something. Exactly, yeah. that's what it is. It's just, and I think, and I was going to say, we like, to, for my, for my thing, and it's the same with Sands, you've still, we've still got to talk about it all the mm-hmm. time because if we stop talking about Sands United and on social media and Nine Venora, yeah. like, I've had people come to me and say, oh, you haven't done much on social media lately because I've been busy or whatever. Yeah, not, yeah. not a nasty thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Dean Hooper who played football yeah. who played in the charity game to be fair I think about him he was there so I don't know from so he was literally down the road for me now right. he just moved down the road but he, I messaged him about it was my charity game he couldn't do it the one we played against yeah. last year and he was like I haven't seen you do much like, like posting much and I was like yeah I've just been too busy doing it but I, that, that's right I was like I need to get back on social media yeah. even if it's just me doing Movember and posting the picture up mm. they still see that nine Panora bit because I put it all under that umbrella yeah. and then that's then put it back to the top of people's minds whereas yeah. I think if we stop it will stop Yeah, and it's not just us. There's lots of people out there. There's like there's an Andy's Man. I don't know if you've ever seen Andy's Man's Club. It's a bit like what I do, but it's massive. Like right. they've got over a thousand men that meet up every two weeks in different parts of the world. Yeah, see, I'm part of another Facebook group called Child of Child Loss. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's huge. That's yeah. just a Facebook group. But, but like Andy Man's Group, I said that. I know they're massive. Yeah. I've heard of them. No. But mm, yeah. that's why we've got. And I will always tag myself in mm-hmm. their things. And like you saying about 
and on your on this on this podcast, you need, you need to, you want the listeners to tag and think because it pushes it out there. Yeah. And then the more we do that, the more things. I will, anything I see on social media, I literally forward yeah, share yeah. like because yeah. even if I don't particularly agree with it, it's not my cup my cup of tea. It might still, benefit might somebody, be somebody, somebody yeah. someone else, and it's not. Yeah. And there's nothing negative. This on is that. what I was saying earlier about you know the. the Men in particular feel like they can't talk about things because that's not the way we're geared. That's not right. No. Yeah. You know, that's a, it's a false reality that we've been taught yeah. that needs to change. Yeah. But if you look around, like Ross is saying, social media or even just in your own town, there's so many different places. There's lots of different pop-up charities. There's big charities. There's national charities. There's worldwide charities. There's, there's hundreds of people out there waiting to listen. Yeah. But you've got to be willing to talk. Make the first step. Yeah, yeah, and, and don't be afraid to do it. Don't sit there thinking, oh, society says I can't do this, society says I can't do that. Society doesn't run you your life. Yeah. Yeah. You, you define know, your own mind. You've got to step out of that, you know. It is your comfort zone, isn't it? Yeah. Like me saying when I came up to London to watch you guys, I could have easily just given it, actually, isn't it? I didn't feel comfortable. Mm. I'm not going to go again. But I made that choice. I think, I've, no, I've got to push myself because I know I'm in a shit situation. Mm. I'm not going to improve my life if I don't, Go out on my boundary and do it. Was, and this, this, that's, yeah. It wasn't easy to step for me. I'm so glad I did it because it changed me. Like without the football team, I've got good friends out of it, like yourselves, mm-hmm. um, and it's pushed me to do so much more stuff. And I think people again, it's just it's just making people aware it's it, that is there and there's so much more there. But, yeah, it's so if you if you had to get if you both will go with you first, Rossi. If you, if you had to give one bit of advice for somebody listening that might be struggling whatever it is irrelevant yeah. might be struggling in their own head talk what, to someone what would, it's, what just talk, it's just talk that's all I've ever mm. said to anyone it's just don't be scared to talk like if you're if you think anyone's judging you they're not even if you could I, I honestly personally you can speak to anyone now like there's no one I wouldn't talk to even if I don't particularly get on with them in general life if they're there at that time and I need to talk to someone I would talk to anyone and it's just and I'm, I'm the prime example of that I'm the like my anxiety, so I take medication, anxiety, and all that sort of stuff. Like the worst thing for me is like, if you said to me, "Do you want to out for a beer?" I'd be like, "Oh, I don't really know Aaron that well." This would be my old me. Yeah. But I've learned you you just got to do it. Like, and it's, again, it's living your life. And yes, in our said we've lost babies, so we've got you've got to go on with your life. And sadly, people don't go on with their lives because they feel they can't. But it's, it's for me, it's just talk, 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 and make sure people are okay. And there was a, a documentary a while ago. With, is it, um, Roman Kemp, wasn't it? Did a um, mental health documentary and stuff. And he said, the, but one thing that stuck me from that is like, when you ask someone, are they okay? Ask them twice. Mm. Because the first time, they'll have to go, like, and I do it, we all yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then actually, I'm, I learned not to do that from quite quickly after mm. Nivenor started. If someone said, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm having a shit day. Mm. Straight away, like, my mate. Whereas before, I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. So everyone's first reaction, isn't it? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm always, yeah, nothing wrong with me. But then actually, you're thinking, <laughs> I want to uh, not be here today and I want to go and lock myself in my room and be away. But yeah. you've got to, I think it's pushing yourself and it's difficult because when you like someone that's in Arsenal if someone's lost a child last week is not going to feel comfortable straight away going yeah I'm just going to go and talk about it yeah. it's not like that yeah. and I wasn't like that and Rob wasn't like that and so you've got to get you've got to be comfortable to do it but don't be scared to do it I think that's the big thing don't be scared to talk to someone yeah. because you can't say anything wrong you've been even if it's not baby loss it's just your mental health and and I always say, like, you, you, everyone's mental health, everyone's got it, like you said earlier. And mm-hmm. Everyone's different. Like, I might be worried about not having enough money next week to pay for dinner. Someone else could be literally wanting to get themselves tomorrow. Like, mm. that, that their problem is 
no bigger than mine. Yeah, it's relative. You can't say you. If you don't, no one can say oh, you haven't got any problems because mm. it's a bit like the miscarriage and loss. You can't say a miscarriage at five weeks is not as important as a loss at forty it's, weeks. Yeah. It's a different experience. It's individual to that person. Yeah. Isn't exactly. Yeah. What, what about you, Bobby? In terms of um, what would you say to somebody that's listening that's struggling? Probably very similar. To be fair, it is it is saying you know we can sit here and say you've got to talk to a blue in the face. We can't make people do it. I think we've just got to keep showing people that the the response that you get and the reaction that you get is more often than not positive. Let's let's not kid ourselves. You know, conversations that we we don't like having are always tough. You know, because we don't know the reaction we're going to get. We don't know, you know, uh, how it's going to come across, what people are going to say, how people will perceive that conversation. You know, it might be that somebody's poured their heart out to somebody an hour ago, and and then that might be the one and only time it ever happens. They might lock themselves away again. But you know, I think the more we can show people that the conversation is happening, the more they will feel it's okay to start having that conversation. And whether it's a conversation you don't want to have today. It might be one you want to have tomorrow. It yeah. might want to be one you have next week. But if we stop talking about it, if everybody stops talking it's about it, never, the conversation is never going to happen. Exactly. Again, the, you know, it gets locked away again, and everybody goes back to dealing with their own problems alone. And that's you know, like I, I think I said um, uh, prior to Britain, someone when you're when you're carrying a heavy load, it's always easier if you get people involved to help you lift it. You yeah. know, whether it's a, a table like this, where I try and pick it up on my own and take it through the door, it's a hard task. Yeah. Get two or three people involved, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. And that's the same way of having a conversation, you know. Me carrying this load, this my burden, on my own, is hard to do. Yeah. But by talking to you, by talking to Ross, by talking to somebody else, and everybody puts a hand on the table, that load becomes a lot easier. And if yeah. you all, you know, put your table, you know, we could stack them all up, but again, the more we've got to lift, the easier it's going to be. And I think... We don't have to carry all our stuff around on our own. We can share it with each other. And by doing that, we all make each other's load a little bit lighter because yeah. we're, we're, we're having the chance to empty the plug now and again. And I say that because I always feel like mental health is a bit like filling up your bath. You know, your mental health is always on. Yeah. Like the tap is always on. But every now and again, someone needs to go in and lift the plug yeah. before it overflows. Yeah. You know, because once you, if you leave it to overflow, you ruin the house. Yeah. And that's the same as the person, you know, we are the house. And if we just leave stuff to build and build and build and it overflows, effectively, we'll, it can destroy us. So we've got to go in every now and again, lift the plug. And by lifting the plug, just share a little bit with somebody. It doesn't need, you don't need to dump everything on somebody, but just have a little, maybe one day, a chat with one of your mates and say, do you know what, work's been really tough this week. See how that conversation goes. Can you lead it into something else? If you don't get a great reaction from that, particular friend try a different one but don't stop trying to have the conversation yeah. just find the right people to have it with but like I said there's there's hundreds of thousands of people out there ready doing what we do in lots of different ways that are willing to listen and to give you advice or or you know just be there that you should never stop trying to find them yeah. you know there's no one right path for everybody you've just got to find the one that works for you football was mine uh, Ross found challenges and, and the dads and lads and and you've got a path with you know the business and, and the pod and, and the way that you're going to move forward is your path that's the way you do it this is the way I do it this is the way yeah. Ross does it there is one out there for you you just got to keep keep knocking on the door until you find whichever one opens for you be powerful if you know if everyone listens to this pod sent 
one message or made one call or mm. one positive step to share something or something, you know, like you said there with multiple people getting involved, it lightens the load a little bit. Yeah. You know, if, 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 if off the back of this podcast, 10 people mm. are the people that download and listen to it, take the time to reach out to someone in their family or talk about something they're uncomfortable with or whatever. Yeah, it's even just a text. Makes a yeah. huge difference. Just you know, one, small, one small step could be the my start wife, of something. My wife got a card not so long ago and, uh, and it just said on the front... Um, just it was a very simple message. It was just like, you know, you've got this one day at a time. Yeah. And it was nothing more, nothing less than that. And it had uh, the initial of the person inside of it. Yeah. No message, no long drawn out thing. It was just a very simple thing. But just even that, you know, just send a message to somebody and just let them know you're there. I think especially coming up to Christmas yeah, season as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Christmas yeah. is tough for for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons yeah. and. I think the more we can all do to to make. I think it when you think about it, we all hold a responsibility to um, talk to each other mm-hmm. and to discuss things. And yeah. you can make a difference with somebody, like I said, just from a message or a call or a conversation. Because, like you said before, you don't know who's listening to that. It might mm-hmm. be somebody completely different that's just overhearing something. It might be someone sees a, a group, a message, a picture, a comment. It's powerful when when you put all of it together. You, you're talking about covering potentially hundreds of thousands of people, and it's snowball effect, isn't it? It's yeah. Just, yeah. Crazy. So, so just on that then, in terms of Sands, mm-hmm. so if people want to reach out and have a have a conversation with you, or to find out more about Sands United or or the charity, where can they find you? The website's the best place to go for Sands. So it's sands.org.uk. Um, on there, you will have the online community text numbers, the telephone numbers, uh, lots of different contact information. There is a, a section of get involved, and there's a section for Sands United on there as well. But then we've got our own Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages, so at SUSC Northants. Um, or just search Sands United on, on social media and it'll point you normally to either the main page or the one closest to you. But like I said, there's, there's kind of 35 teams, so if you can't find one that's near you, let us know and, and we'll try and point you in the right direction. But yeah, mostly um, either on the Sands website or, or social media. Cool. And where can people find yeah, you? So ninefornora.co.uk is the website. So on there you've got a list of the challenges if anyone wants to take part. <laughs> I'm looking at you two, both of this. <laughs> I've donated to one. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't, that don't count. You've got I know, yeah, you've got to be there. <laughs> um, but no, so the challenge on there, people want to join and if they want to create their own challenge to raise money for us, that we then spread to different charities. Um, again, social media, at ninefornora, uh, it's all on there and you can contact me as well, my mobile, which is always on the website and Everything we post has always got contact details, so yeah, we're available pretty much 24-7. You've said that now. <laughs> got to commit to it. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. We'll, we'll, we'll draw it to a close. Um, I think I've, you know, I've known you guys for a different amount of time, but I've, I've come off the podcast learning a lot about <laughs> you guys individually, but also reaffirming stuff that I already thought about some of the things that you guys have done and are going to do moving forward. And I think... Um, yeah, I think the listeners will definitely uh, definitely have some positive takeaways from, from some of the things you've mentioned. And like I said, if there's one person on the, that's listening to the pod now that, that sends the message or adds into the group or contacts mm-hmm. the charity or or does something for their self to influence people moving forward, I think it's definitely been, been a well-worth uh, well worth conversation, even if it is getting on into the night. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think people will surprise you. You know, the people that, from my point of view, I thought would be there for me weren't and people that I weren't so close to ended up becoming like family so by sending that message it it lets other people know that they might not have thought about you to have that conversation Mm -hmm. with and it's just letting them know that you are you can be that person yeah 
Um, and I think that, again, will go a long way. It will go a long way to kind of opening their, their network of people that they've got. So, yeah, don't be afraid. Send, send a message, check in on people and hopefully make the conversation easier. Brilliant. I think the last thing I want to finish on as well is just if you are listening to this podcast, then please share the pod. Um, it's not nothing to do with the pod, but it's to do with the contents of today's mm-hmm. episode. I think that it's really, really important just to get that out to as many people as possible on as many medias as we can. And like I said, if it can touch uh, one or two people that end up reaching out, then it's it's been a, a real benefit. So um, I think you two, I said it before, I think you know some of the things that you guys have done that you're going to do is brilliant. Um, I'm in big admiration of you both. I think you should be really proud of, of, of what you guys have done for the reasons why you're doing it. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being part of the pod. Pleasure. Yeah, yeah thanks for listening.